you always say connect the dots but i always say you know connect the people <laughs> those, those <laughs> dots <laughs> those dots are always for me at least i can speak of myself all the big transformative pivotal moments both good and bad actually have always been like you can see the encounter with the person hey everyone and welcome back to baldoco i'm amy i'm vicky and i'm father steve here we are new episodes <laughs> New season, new season, new season, season five, episode two, two. talking about presence, presence, right? Talking about presence. So if you listen to the first intro, you guys are the worst, the worst. We're trying to have a professional podcast <laughs> here. Keep this? <laughs> we're trying to have a professional podcast. Should we start over? <laughs> no, we're not starting over. It's I'm too sorry. Right. I didn't think it was that bad. I'm sorry. Keep it's going. okay. It's I'm all right. I'm sorry about this deep. We're going to talk about presence, but this idea of presence that God speaks through people. And mm-hmm. here we are to share a little bit of our stories of choosing one or maybe two or more or more <laughs> for those who want to share. Uh, but just how just meeting people has impacted our life. The presence of a person changed our lives, helped us to understand God more, ourselves more, our vocation more, our mission more. Whatever, we go on and on and on and on, mm-hmm. more and more and more. God is always giving more blessings, blessings, a lot of grace. Um, but a lot of times that grace we receive and we feel and we come to know through our encounters with people. And that's something very Salesian because our educational system, our whole really spirituality is relational. So how that plays out um, in our own Salesian charism, uh, that's what these season five will be, bringing on people from different places, different members of the Salesian family, and to kind of speak about how people have, yeah, how God has spoken through people. So here we go. Who wants to begin? We're having an eye war. <laughs> <laughs> I can start. <laughs> so I selected two people, and both the people are not Salesian because during my formative years, or like the major formative years of being a teenager, I didn't know the Salesians yet, and I didn't meet them until later in life. But when I was reflecting on this, it was two people who I could see being Salesian. And so kind of having that Salesian um, spirituality and maybe not even knowing it themselves. So the first person that I thought of was my high school English teacher. And so coming my freshman year to high school, being in a new school for the first time in 10 years, because from pre-K to eighth grade, same school. So having that uncomfortability, And my teenage years, so, you know, everything's crazy at that point. You're all over the place. You don't know who you are anymore. Having all these crises, I walk into his classroom, and he just has everything that just makes me feel at home hanging up. (laughs) So he just had a whole wall dedicated to the Beatles, whole wall dedicated to Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, all this stuff that, you know, would have interest for some kids and make them feel at home. And so just automatically off the bat, I'm like, I know I'm going to like this guy. So just the importance of creating an environment where Mm. you know that some people are going to feel comfortable. And even if it's not their personality, you're so authentic to your personality that they can feel comfortable being their personality as well. And then the next great thing that he did was um, because this was an English class, he wanted us all to write. And so he said that for grade, every single person had to write in a journal You had weekly prompts. They'd be collected, and then it wasn't necessarily based on the content, but just that you're actually doing it. He would grade you and give you credit. 
but that import, importance of having a personal connection, of wanting to know the people who he was teaching. So it wasn't just make up creative stories and then, you know, I get this general idea of your writing ability, but who are you as a person? How do you feel about these things? And then being able to actually care and write notes back to you, um, encouraging you and different things that you're struggling with. And so, you know, again, having that personal connection um, to actually view each person that you're teaching with dignity and their, their own person. They're not just someone who I'm teaching at or teaching to. Um, and then another thing that I loved about the way that he taught, um, the idea of love what the young love and they will come to love what you love. So he was just very involved in finding out what young people were talking about, the jokes that they were having, different things that they might be interested in. And then he would put that into the class. So he would make jokes. He would jump up on his desk. He would give us swords and we would do sword fights in the reenactment of Romeo and Juliet. So stuff that really stuck with you forever. And it's funny just the difference between learning with him and then learning the same thing with someone else because I read one of the books in college, completely different book, very boring, not <laughs> interactive, but having that memory of him teaching it, I was able to insert that because he really made it a lived experience. So why is he so important to me is that he was really teaching me that I had a home during a point of change in my life, a point of transition in my life. And so that to me, even all these years later, he continues to be a model to me of how do I accept others? How do I make them feel welcome, especially during those formative years? And then even just effective teaching. And that doesn't have to just be in a classroom, but how are you actively engaging those who are around you who are your peers or who, who are, you know, people in ministry who have younger people who are looking at you and you're trying to explain things to you. So even in ways that I'm not directly ministering the way that Vicky or Father Steve is, can still serve as an inspiration to me. And then the other person who I thought of... Well, who, let's stay, let's stay with that one. Okay. <laughs> let's stay, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's stay yeah. with that one because I want to know if you went back. Have you ever gone back to say thank you or have you ever, like... Does he know that you he was an influential teacher for you? So he, okay, so <laughs> I had him my freshman year and he never taught freshmen. They just threw mm. him that class. What he really taught was seniors. So my senior year, I took his elective. And so I had him as the bookends. He was, he might've been my first class or at least obviously on the first day, but he might've been my first class, but he was actually my last class of my senior year. Wow. Like the last like session that day. Um, so he knew um, from just those four years of the importance that he had on my life. And then I would come back for quite a few years. They would have a Christmas liturgy and he always sang at the Christmas liturgy. Nice. So I would go and I'd find him and I would tell him, you know, the way that I was interpreting movies and stuff based off of what we were taught. But I haven't had connection with him for a while after that. But he definitely knew during that period that yeah. it was important. That's beautiful. Send him this episode. Find his email. <laughs> Send him an episode. Hey, buddy, what's up? <laughs> oh, but it's beautiful, though, to see yeah. when people love what they do, mm -hmm. and then that kind of spills over into other people's lives, no? so that, you're, that he's able to invest in his students, um, but not because it was his job, but you know he loved what he did, and it seemed like it just kind of spilled out of his personality, mm -hmm. that that affects the people around, so nice. Do you think that's why you studied English? It's exactly why I studied English. <laughs> and yeah. he is a double major. 
Vicky has a master's. <laughs> You're just cool. What, what do you have what on do I have? Steve? Nothing. I've a doctorate? What do you love to? <laughs> He's certified. Certified. I have a long, piece of paper. long book. Yeah. Uh, but it's good. And yeah. especially at that moment, you figure if you didn't find, you know, you can't live in the past, you can't change what happened or whatever, but like a thought experiment of you walk into that high school and you don't find that home, which a lot of kids mm. do struggle with, that they don't find this teacher who invests in them, they don't find anybody there that's able to kind of guide them through this transition bad things like it's a tough life and bad mm -hmm. things kind of happen and not to say that you know okay high school is difficult for everybody but there are students and you know if you didn't find that teacher high school would have been very different you know and so that's this is exactly the stories that i'm looking for not of people like these these moments where you're you're at this crossroads and now we can see that as a crossroad because we're looking back mm -hmm. at that moment okay it's just high school it's freshman year but looking back you're meeting this person and that is a that's a shift moment no that's a transformative moment that's a moment of of uh i don't know I, it's always for me grace everything is grace but thank you for sharing beautiful okay. first story yep going round two now okay round two and then i'm done <laughs> I'll, I'll be quiet <laughs> Never. So the other person who made a big impact during that same period in my life was my parish priest at that time. And he came in super on fire with the spirit, really wanted to be like a mover and shaker. And he was not afraid of sharing the faith with people. So he would just directly invite you to things. Be like, hey, do you want to go to this? I don't know you. doesn't matter. <laughs> like you're getting invited to everything. And he would do it consistently. So if you had him for confession, he'd be like, yeah, great, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, here's this thing that we're going to start doing. <laughs> if you want to come, you can come. But the importance of the consistency was I said no repeatedly, not, not out loud to him. But when the invitation was there, I was like, there's no way that that is no, ever happening. He had a youth group on Friday nights. And I'm like, nope, I'm in high school. That's the night you go to the mall. <laughs> and, um, but he kept inviting. And then one day, I was just feeling really down. And I just needed something and I went and I never looked back. And that's through that consistency. That's through directly inviting people. Um, and that that's not what everybody needs. But in that moment, that's what worked for me. Like I said, he wasn't afraid of who he was. He was completely genuine. And that means that some people aren't going to like him and some people are going to love him. But the importance of that is that you are going to give people the space to be genuine you know, to themselves, but also like we were talking about, some people are going to be able to find a home in you um, that maybe they can't find anywhere else. So even if you're super weird, if you're genuine to yourself, someone else is going to look at you and be like, I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. Someone else feels that way. Um, so I love that about him was that he was just going to be who he was and he wasn't going to apologize for it. And because of that, me and a bunch of other people were able to find their home in the church that we may not have found otherwise. And then the other beautiful thing about him was that he really took an interest in your faith life. So it wasn't just come do this thing for the sake of doing a thing, but he started a youth group. He really wanted you to be there, to pray the rosary, to read the Bible, to um, have regular sacraments. So going to mass on Sundays, going to confession as frequently as you could, to go deeper into your faith. And sometimes that's really hard. We don't want to take an interest in that way. We want to just kind of invite and then hopefully hopefully through osmosis, like people will pick up what we love and our faith. But to actually do the 
you know, like, I care about you. Like, do you want to do spiritual direction? Are you interested in that? Have you ever heard of that? But to, to really ask people to go deeper into their faith. And so again, why is this important? Because through him, that's when my faith became personal. Through his invitation was when it actually stopped just being this religion class for me that is what I believed but didn't actually like take ownership of. And it became something that I see these different things that the church asks you to do and I want to do them. And I, I actually genuinely believe this now at my core. And that wasn't happening before. And so in my case, I just needed someone to invite to take this interest in my faith life and the faith life of the other young people at my parish and to really invest into us. And so that's a very Salesian mentality. I assume he knows the Salesians, but you know, he never overtly talked about the Salesians. But looking back, I'm like, that is so much of what the Salesians do. So that's my two cents. Thank God for both of those people. Amen. Yeah, seriously. So good. <laughs> And they had to put up with me. So really, years off purgatory right there <laughs> in my teenage years. Oh, my gosh. But it, it's, it's beautiful to hear you talk about your faith, though. And you do reference him a lot. You know, you, my spiritual director, my spiritual director from when you were in high school, right? And um, just like even when we, I don't know, talk about other theological things. And you're like, well, we'll have this conversation and talk about these things, right? That you're able to like reference so much of how you learned and what was shaped there, you know, and you studied again later on in college. Was he also influential in that? What the heck? <laughs> These two people? Less, I mean, because my faith was important, that's why I studied that, but my wow. faith was important because of him. So yeah, okay. indirectly, Beautiful. yeah. Beautiful. Amazing. Amen. God works. God works. God works through people. All right, God, at least two right there. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. Um, I'll talk about one. And obviously there's, you know, if you... This was a good exercise, and I definitely invite everybody to go through, like, look at the different moments in your life where things change and find the person that's connected there. Mm. I think that's, for me, it was such a beautiful, you always say connect the dots, but I always say, you know, connect the people. <laughs> those, dots, <laughs> those dots are always, for me at least, I can speak of myself, all the big transformative, pivotal moments, both good and bad actually, have always been, like, you can see the encounter with the person or a tragedy. I don't know. There's so many things. So... Obviously, there's a lot that got me to be here and to be a priest and to be a Salesian and all these things, but I'll just speak about one one guy. Um, his name is Benny. He's a priest. <laughs> he we was, know him. Yeah, he, he was here. He was the one that came to visit. He's on the podcast episode before. Um, but it was just, yeah, I, when I had to narrow it down, I could have chosen other ones, but for me, he's been uh, just very influential, and we were speaking the other day, um, and it was like to think about, if you look at the globe, and then you put, mm -hmm. if you could like imagine like GPS trackers <laughs> and you just watched, you know, when we were born and like going to different places, no? And then you just watch and then eventually those two dots connect. And like that is a, you can see that with so many of people in your life, you know, different friends. They had their whole completely different life. He's, he's older than I am. You know, he was born in Italy, lived in, lives in Jerusalem. Like he just had a completely different life living over there, traveling, whatever. I was there in my, in the United States and traveling around and. Just two completely different lives, but then they, they meet. And for me, that's, it's, I don't know, it's crazy to think about. And that there was a plan there and that there was some sort of direction and guidance. And so I was in Jerusalem studying theology and, uh, you know, things were okay. I was happy, but also I was not happy. I was also like really struggling just with, with life in general and vocation and uh, things from my past 
just not healed and not being able to find a healing and not being able to find a way forward and all these different things and uh, just really struggling with who I was and just trying to figure things out. And then I went to Jerusalem and he was a senior when I was a freshman at the school. So he was in his fourth year just finishing. I was a, a first year just beginning and he was writing his last paper and he, you know, he speaks English well. Um, he writes well, but his director of the paper wanted somebody, a, na a native English speaker, to read the paper and to like correct any English or to correct any grammar or whatever like that. So I was assigned. I was asked. I chose. So he was going to teach me Italian. I was going to correct his, his his paper, and that's how like a little friendship began. Um, but then little by little, we really started to become friends, and he started to really invest in me, to pray for me, to ask how I was doing, um, but also to share his story. And I think that is something beautiful when it comes to encountering people is that when somebody shares their story, somebody is vulnerable with, with you, it gives you the opportunity also to be vulnerable. It also gives you the opportunity to, to listen, that you're not alone, um, but also just to listen to somebody else's story. And then things happen there. You know, things happen there. Um, you're opened up and you're, you, see, you can see the world in a different way. You can see your, your life in a different way. And so for me, it was just like that continuous invitation and opening up and friendship building and building and building and then uh just really came to a moment of like a really low moment for me um but then he was there you ever see that they ever listen to that song uh by i think it's hill song like touch the sky that i touch the sky when I my <laughs> i touch the sky when my knees hit the ground so it's like that combination of like your lowest moment but that there is god is there you know that god is there so you're like touching heaven even though you're kind of falling to the ground um and so my god or like the angel or whatever was 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 benny mm. um who was there to kind of reach out his hand to offer a consoling word to just offer his presence and to recognize that things are going to be okay yeah so from that moment like climbing up with him and little by little trying to figure out life and i don't know so it was like a transformative moment that i know god he was there for a reason he shared a story for a reason like everything was there just too much of a coincidence to be a coincidence no mm -hmm. like too much going on for it to be just uh, a random a random act um it was just perfect timing and so having him and having that friendship really was transformative for me and my priesthood and my vocation and uh my final time there in jerusalem so it was definitely a moment where god was there god spoke to me god uh, grace was given uh, but through through this person and uh, so I really, really, really appreciate and yeah, thank God for for that. And the friendship continues, no? That's my story. Beautiful. Amen. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for listening. One thing, and then I want to comment on what you said. The Touch the Sky, second song I learned to play on the guitar. Really? Yep. <laughs> it was first, Lord, I Need You, and then Touch, Touch the, sky. the Sky. Yep, and I would just like love that song. But I think also, obviously, don't know all of the years of friendship. We just met Father Benny in June uh, during the Young Adult Retreat. And... Um, just the, throughout the year, hearing you uh, talk about this friend, talk about this friend, talk about this friend. And then finally you name him, right? <laughs> name the friend. Uh, talk about how the friend helped, right? All these things. Um, still very general, but then to like meet the person and then to see you guys interact with each other was so beautiful for me, right? Because I get to work with you almost every day, right? And so to see you just as uh, Father Steve, just a friend, right? A friend with your friend hanging out. Uh, the greeting, right? Uh, how they would speak to each other was so beautiful. I was just like, don't cry. Because um, it's beautiful, right? When you see people that are like really friends, like you could tell like you're known, right? He knows you, yeah. you know him well. And just like the comfort 
of of being in friendship that you're just it's easy uh was so good but then the part destroyed my life we're sitting on the mountain during the hike and they're priests together and i was mm-hmm. like just gonna just gonna melt away here like this is it right <laughs> this is that that was god's plan to maybe not on that mountain but somewhere else celebrate mass together in ministry like just out of like the generosity of like father steve sharing that time with us like sharing father benny with us and then father benny like sharing his vacation right like there <laughs> on a while we're working right um and however beautiful right it was still like sacrifice time that they spent um but seeing the like the priesthood like the brotherhood there was so beautiful i was like god okay there it is so it was good so i'm just thankful that we got to see a glimpse Vicky's probably going to share about some friendships too, I imagine, but I just love how you're talking about being able to see God in your friendships because sometimes that's really hard because it's your peer, it's someone who you're like, oh, well, if I see God in this person, that like holds up a mirror. Like, does that mean I have to be God for people? Does that mean mm-hmm. I am God in moments for people and I'm supposed to comfort them the way that they're comforting me and I hear God's voice through them? So, it can be hard sometimes to see the people who are closest to us who are peers in that way. And maybe we don't think all the way through that, but um, I think it gives us a great pause to be like the people in my life who are my peers, who are my classmates, um, who I went to school with, um, who I met at work, all that stuff, but to actually then think about, okay, and then how has God spoken through them? And do I acknowledge that regularly? Do I see that um, or is that something that I am thinking about for the first time, that this person is actually like that for me? And here's the different ways. So I think it's a really awesome prompt to start thinking about um, all the different people in our lives and not just the people who it's most obvious with. Yeah. And then what you mentioned quickly was like the responsibility mm-hmm. that if God is speaking through other people for me, God is speaking through me for other people. Mm-hmm. And what oh. is he saying? You better be a good person. Yeah. <laughs> How like, often do we not? No, we're like, mm, yeah, God, yeah. God, no, not that, that, yeah, yeah, not that, that. that one. <laughs> but it's true, you know, and that, that responsibility and, and listening, uh, listening to the spirit and being guided and allowing yourself to be guided and that uh, we don't choose, you know, that sometimes we want to choose the friends that we have or the people that we interact with. Like, you're, you're cool. Or I can, I can hang out with you. You're funny, whatever, but you, no, <laughs> you kind of weird, you, but <laughs> But if we don't always have that choice, no, yeah. that God is, is asking us to be present and I think build a relationship and, and we don't, we shouldn't be picking and choosing. We're going to have closer friends where we can't be best friends with everybody. We can't, uh, you know, spend all of our time with everybody. We have work to do. We have to sleep. We have to eat. We have things we have to do, but yeah, God is working through us with other people too. So that's a, a scary thought sometimes mm-hmm. when I turn away or when I avoid people or when I don't want to listen to the prompting that I feel in my heart. Mm. Um, That's the charism. You got to start answering that call. <laughs> yeah, Sue, you too. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, 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 you you yeah, also yeah, have, yeah. by baptism. See, I'm still, I'm by, still throwing it back at other people. <laughs> by baptism. The mayor's there, though. By baptism. <laughs> um, mine, I have a lot, right? And, like, I really do encounter God uh, through people. I think for a long time, I was like, God, you're not speaking to me. And then somebody was like, it's through friendships, dummy. Or, like, through people. And I'm like, 
it is um and so there was a lot of really difficult moments where there were good people while i was growing up that were there um that really challenged me and i think for sure shaped the way that i try to um support people when they're in times of need um and it took a long time i think to so there were so many right so the two that i or maybe three we'll see what comes out uh that i want to talk about they'll be short or just like cut me off uh you from home shush me from the future okay um and the two in front of me um like kick me on the table but um so i made a leadership retreat right when i was 17 um and i'm gonna cry i was 17 Uh, i was 2013 where were you guys? Two old people in front of me. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was a senior. My friends already had made their their um, leadership retreat. I was the last one. I was like, I didn't go with my friends. Thank God I didn't go with them. Um, <laughs> honestly, God knew what I needed. <laughs> I had just come back from a mission trip. I went to Nicaragua my first time. So many beautiful encounters. Literally like changed forever. Um and I was ready, right? I had just come off of uh, directing the encounter that's there. And it was just like one thing after the other. I was like being bombarded with like just good things. And I can't say no. Um, and my family just made it happen, right? The school like made it happen. So I, I made a leadership retreat and I, I met like wonderful people. But I met G, right? And so he was tech. He was the tech coordinator. This mismatched socks and, and shorts <laughs> and shirt, which I still talk about today. Um, and it was so... It was so good. There are very few things that I remember about the retreat, probably for like my own sake, just can't remember a lot. Um, and then I returned as a young team member and he wasn't there. I ended up going on Gospel Roads and he was co-directing that program. And I was meeting up with a lot of friends that I had met on the SLR going with like my friends from Miami to this Gospel Roads. Um, and I think our friendship slowly grew um, like before I had graduated. It was that summer, right? That it was like this, okay, we're, we're friends, right? The sharing, like this pushing and pulling. And I'm sure he has a very different perspective of what that looked like. Um, uh, but it was beautiful, right? To, to grow in a friendship that was really based, like the center was faith. I had never had that before, right? It was friends that we did peer ministry together. It was friends that we did retreats together or went on retreats together, but never an actual friendship. Just like the center of it was like, the connection to the Salesians and faith. And so through that, I was really able to like grow and be held accountable to the things that I wanted to change. So, um, you know, if I wanted to go to mass, it was just me and my sister that were going to mass. Um, and like how difficult that was, like looking back that I like made those choices, but that I had a support system and it wasn't just me that was like, I'm going to go to mass because I'm going to go to mass. Like that's something I want to do. It was, no, we talked about how it, how was mass for you today? Or what was that? What did they say in the homily? Or I was journaling and that was really good for like G to know that I was journaling. He was like, Oh, maybe I'll try that. Right. And it didn't work out for him, but it worked really well for me. Um, and then it was just the, like just a accompaniment both. And, and he accompanied me so much. I think through my first year of college, um, it was so hard. Like I should have gone home <laughs> and I didn't, I just stuck through it, whatever. And, um, a lot of that was pride, but then also that, he was like, just get involved the next year, right? Just get involved, be an RA. I took a class. I was a peer educator on campus, things like that. And I joined a sorority and where he could have been like, that's so dumb. He was like, you're meeting people, right? You're going to campus Catholic ministries, whatever, all these things. And, and the friendships that I made because of that, but I had a push behind me. Um, and then the same way that he allowed me to be there for him in really like difficult times as well. So it wasn't just like a one-sided, it was a real like mutual friendship where in some ways I'm sure that one person was giving more than the other at different points of life. Um, but that he allowed me to do that, even that I was 
a couple of years younger, you know, um, and that there was something there that could really like blossom into a real friendship. This like, like that, that was my brother. Right. And he was like, never had a sister before. And I was like, well, here we go. <laughs> right. But, um, it was so good that to grow in that way. Um, and that he really challenged me. Um, we grew up really different, uh, really different places. He was older, had more like experience in the things that I was going through. We did a lot of similar things in college. Um, so that helped a lot. Um, but then later on, like working together and how much of that was really beautiful that I, this friend that I had been away from for so long, like I think at one point we tried to count how many days we'd actually been together in person mm. based on programs, on things like that. Um, and then that, for two years straight, worked together every single day in the office, <laughs> right? And how weird that was. He was like, oh my gosh, this is, you are different. And I'm like, you too. <laughs> like to be in person was so strange, um, but so good, right? That I, he knew that I needed like home because I was so far away and that he was like, come on, come on. So I would come for Sunday dinner, would watch while they watched football and I was just doing my homework. Um, just that I was invited into this space and that he was so present to the different parts of my life and that really I'm so thankful that he allowed me to do that for him too because it could have just been like oh you're a little sister come along like pull along pull along but it was like a push and pull instead I think gee you can tell me what you think later on <laughs> um but then you know that there was struggle right that we were working together as well and he became a supervisor and so how that really changed the relationship and there was a really pivotal point where it could have been really different like I'm sometimes surprised we're still friends and I've said that to him so it's not super weird um but that like we made it through that difficult part and now that he's away that we're back to this like oh when we're in person like okay we're in person you have to be present right all those things but then keeping up um and I just talked to him the other day and he was like you were busy this summer and I was like I know I'm really sorry whatever and he was like no I'm not calling you out I'm just saying like you were busy this summer <laughs> like it was good right um so just things like that that we've been able to grow um but just that the first friend that I had a faith-centered relationship and how that actually changed the rest of my friendships like and that was why I, I chose him uh, as the person I wanted to speak about, because it really led to other relationships that I could I could talk about faith. It was important. It was a value that I that I wanted. When I think about like the people in my life, that how many I can speak about faith, and and even those that they don't have a faith of their own, that I can do it with confidence, and it doesn't come off as pushy. Um, you know, they know people know who I am. They know what my work is. Um, so even my friends that I've grown up with that maybe don't have don't have faith right now, that I'm not hiding. They know exactly who I am. Um, there's an openness there. There's no judgment. And that was all really learned because I had somebody that was able to do it and could model that behavior. Um, so that was helpful. Uh, the next person is, uh, is Whoa, Megan. Huh? Do you want me to stop? <laughs> Father Steve stop. wants to unpack, wants to unpack. Just unpack. like take a break. Okay. Take yeah, a sorry. break. Yeah, take sorry. Break. Long talking take of me. <laughs> Anybody else want to talk? Over it? It's okay. It was all about G. This is the G episode. <laughs> it was good. Um, yeah, it just, it really changed. It helped a lot. Yeah. And I think that's, because I think that's something that a lot of us struggle with, with uh, like these friendships of having them be, what does that even mean? A Christ, we say it all the time, Christ-centered friendships. We like pray faith. a rosary every Friday. No, but I'm saying like, <laughs> if you want an I'm example. Not, <laughs> but, that, but I think this is something that we, like even as Salesians, as educators, we can say that to young people, mm -hmm. but, but to have somebody to actually model that to and to work through that, that it's right. not so, it's not so simple. Like it's mm -hmm. not so, it's not as easy as just saying have Christ-centered friendships right. or have faith-centered friendships. Like it, you really need somebody who is going to 
maybe has a little bit of experience or is willing to be vulnerable, willing to make the first move, mm-hmm. and then to grow, like to see that you struggle, to see that you fight, <laughs> to see that it's not just, okay, now it's Christ-centered, means everything's perfect and easy. Mm-hmm. No, but it's, it's what I care about. I want to be a disciple. I want to be a Christian. Um, and that, that means my, my relationships have to, and not everyone, and I'm, yeah. I'm happy to see that too. It's like, okay, <laughs> okay, you have this Christ-centered friendship, that means I have no other friends yeah. unless they are Christ-centered. Mm-hmm. No, like it's not real. It's not real. It's not feasible. It's not healthy. Um, so, no, I just appreciate the witness and you know thank God for G and mm-hmm. being able to to do that to try and to to be able to accompany because I, I don't think it's easy and I think we can do a better job as Salesians and just the church in general mm-hmm. of what that what that looks like like friendship real not not the, it's so easy to say Christ-centered. Yeah. Um, but to actually live it and to go through the di- difficulties, because you're still human. Just because you're Christ-centered doesn't mean now you're not human. You don't yeah. have your personal defects and your faults and your weaknesses and and whatever. And you're, if anything, they're highlighted. I yeah, think probably like yeah. you really know there was no hiding. You can't hide, right? It was like this all or nothing uh, kind of thing, you know. And it was either like share it all or don't share, um, which was good. I needed that, right? I think especially that age, that young adult but like really freshman college and then throughout college, like there's so it's easier to hide, yeah. right? Easier to show how you're falling short or not easy to show how you're falling short. Just be like, Oh, like I did this. It was good. And like, especially I think long distance friendships, um, you can easily hide who you are, I think. Um, but what was really good is that later on when we did work together, um, it was a good model, I think for the, for the young people we were working with, mm-hmm. Um, and it was something we really used, like we capitalized on because it was a clear example of it was it's always been friendship. Right. It, it was never anything more than that, which was good. There was good, clear boundaries, good, clear communication, still with vulnerability. Like um, and so it was a good way to be like, it's possible, like that lie of like men and women can't be friends. Like, I really believe it's a lie because I, I have these good friendships um, where there was no confusion. Um, and so to be able to share that and not just tell like the young team, like, Hey, don't date each other, like just be friends and like learn from each other that way. It was good to be able to be like, this is my friend, right? And this is my friend. And this is what I've learned from being friends with a guy. And this is what I've learned from being friends with a girl and how we can help each other in faith. Um, so not only was it like good, I think it was good for me. Um, but good to be like that witness, I think with the young people. Yeah, and I think combining what you and Father Steve were commenting on is that I also think it was a really good witness of just Christ-centered friendship. Mm -hmm. So not just talking about, okay, what does that actually look like? Let's talk about like giving practical details, but like here's a real life, in-person friendship right in front of you on the SLR that people can just see like this is what a Salesian Christ-centered relationship can be. And Mm -hmm. it's not weird and it's not, you know other like worldly like oh my gosh they're out of like but that they're real that Mm -hmm. they're just genuine people who both love god and they're sharing that authentically and fully with each other um so it's important to to show the young people in our works what that actually looks like and so that's why i think it's beautiful that father benny was able to come to the young adult retreat Mm -hmm. because again we're seeing what does a real friendship look like in person it's not even just a discussion. Cause like the discussion that's like bottom line is like, tell me what does this actually look mm-hmm. like? What, what could this look like for me? But then to see it, to have a witness of it. And that was one of the most beautiful things about having you 
and G both working in the office together is that just every single day, anyone who's encountering us, they see that. And it's just, it's magnetic. You want that. You want to have that in your life and you want to find that person who can be that for you. Yeah. And then I'll just do one. Um, yes. Got the eyes. Uh, <laughs> If you want a visual, like, there's a lot of eyes going go. on. <laughs> Love um, Megan. Go ahead. So Megan, right? So uh, Megan. <laughs> from college, met her in college. Um, I think I was a sophomore. She was a freshman. Uh, met because of our sorority. Um, but I mean, that was just like one piece. And we talk about it often. Like, would we ever do it again? Only to meet like the friends that we did, right? Only to meet the people that we did because of this one decision. Um, but similar, like we... To Father Steve, right? If you the two dots, her in North Florida, me in uh, Miami, Florida, right? And me traveled all the way across <laughs> to uh, North Florida to Pensacola, and um, and there she was, right? A year later, I don't know how it happened, right? But it just like we really like needed each other, like um, you know, she was going through a hard time. I was like just I don't know. I like needed someone solid. I had grown up with really good friends, and I would think I was still missing like this like solid piece of. Like, I need a good friend next to me. Um, and that's what happened. We were really able to, like, build this friendship. Uh, no hiding, um, again, of just, it's all out there in the open. The struggle, the really beautiful, um, the really difficult moments. And there were really difficult moments. Um, and she just allowed me to be there. Um, and through that, like, we were able to build this friendship. Um, you know, she was local to that place. And I needed family. And in some ways, I'm sure she was like, all these friends are just using me for my my parents and my house and whatever, just to go on Friday and spend a weekend uh, at her parents' house and like have parents around and be like, hey, my gosh, I'm home. Um, <laughs> but also it was just like this, like this sisterhood that was built. Um, and then like faith was such a vital aspect to have someone to challenge, right? To question, to... Like it was a priority um, and we were so busy when I look back at how busy we were on the weekends of college, just like with things that we were involved in, um, that it was always a priority to to get to mass, right? Or um, if we had the opportunity to go to daily mass, like we would try to go um, just on days of obligation. You know, there was this once that we, or a couple of times, I think every year we did it on the like Feast of St. John Bosco. Like she knew that was important. She was like, are you going to mass today? Because I'll go with you. And I was like, yes. You know, so we find a mass where we were and, and go. And, you know, the priest talked about St. John Bosco. She would be like, and like hold my arm. And I was like, yes. Um, but then also just like the way that we could uh, just journey like through daily life together. Um, you know, watching her become a nurse. Her was She was watching me graduate. And then when I moved to New York, like how difficult that was to be a part after spending like two solid years, like my junior year, my senior year, like always together. Um and so to not have like that, like to be known in that way, like the everyday parts of you, we really had to like work on making sure that we were keeping like the daily life in the friendship. Um, because if not, it's just, it's rigid. And I think it's like the, it's repetitive, right? There's no growth. If you, again, you can hide in that long distance friendship. Um, so it was just good to be able to keep up that way. And, you know, when, when we visit each other, um, in some ways everything has changed and then in other ways everything is the same, right? That like we are different people, but with still the value that 
we're important in each other's lives um, and that we're looking to grow and, and journey through life and, um, and keep trying. And, and I think when you're known, like when you allow yourself to be known, um, you, I don't know, you're like held accountable to like who that person believes you can be. Right. So like when we look at our young people, like we can dream for them, right? Like what they say they want to be like, I'm like, you're that you're it already. Um, I see it for you, you know, and I think I've talked about this before, like, you know, they're going to go through struggling, they're going to struggle, right? We're all going to struggle. But when you have people that you allow to love you like that, to know you like that, then you can really, I think, become who you're meant to be, not easier, but with more support, um, with more people around you. And, and that was something that when I graduated from college, I really thought about, you know, you decorate a cap, right? Your cap and gown. And uh, when I was decorating mine, I had no idea what I wanted to write on it. Um, and finally, when I thought about it long enough and me, I just really overthink and overanalyze like this is, doesn't really matter. Right. But it did in the moment. And I, I wrote, it takes a village and it, in the same concept, right. That people, pe the, the presence of people in my life was so powerful that I really could not have gotten into that moment without so many people really like unnamed, unknown, don't know why, but they're important. Um, and that this idea of presence right, makes such a big difference. Like, like St. John Bosco's presence in my life, like points me to Jesus, right? Always the friend that like nudges along that I know that hit the important thing for him is that I spend time with Jesus, that I, that I invite Mary into my life, um, to help direct me all of those things. So it's not like I'm worshiping St. John Bosco. No, it's my friend that's leading me to Jesus. And I've been so fortunate to have friends that do that. My physical friendships allow me to like pursue a relationship with Jesus and that I'm held accountable to my actions, to who I want to be because they know, and I've allowed them to know that part of me. Um, yeah. That is a great way to end. <laughs> Not even saying that sarcastically. That is beautiful. And I think that is exactly what St. John Bosco wanted, that he wanted a big family, all helping each other get to know Jesus, you know, mm -hmm. to have a real relationship, an authentic relationship with with our Savior, with our Lord. And uh, so I think that is beautiful. And that's exactly, that is the theme for this season five, you know, to find the presence in our life that is transformative, that helps us and guides us. And, uh, and St. John Bosco was able to see that in young people, like what you said, you know. St. John Bosco was able to see this street kid who was coming off from the country and was a hooligan and was causing trouble. And, and he looked at him and he didn't see that. He saw what God saw. He saw a son. He saw a friend. He saw a potential saint. No, mm. he saw all of this in this dirty kid coming in the, off the streets. Um, and so, you know, being able to see that for people, that we look at each other and we see where we can be. We see where we're going. We see that we are, are definitely made for much more than we are right now. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, the beauty of presence and beautiful of, of relationship and investing in each other and being present with each other. Um, so, amen. Thank you for sharing your stories. Thank you. Thanks. And we're looking forward to more. Mm -hmm. So hopefully in the, yeah, the, the seasons or the episodes to come up, um, having different members of the Salesian family share their stories of, uh, of maybe being present with people or people being present with them. Um, but looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Thanks, Father. We'll pray. My turn. Mm -hmm. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah. Lord, thank you for this opportunity. In a special way, we just really pray for, for all the people in our life that 
guided us, who helped us, who were present with us, um, all the relationships and uh, everything that you have blessed us with through people, your grace that you have bestowed on us through people. Uh, we thank you for that. We help you to, We ask you to open our eyes, open our hearts to, to the many more that will come and that we also are, are part of that process, that we are part of um, your plan and that grace works through us as well. So we ask you to help us to be present to love people, to invest in people, to walk with people, and allow others to, to do the same for us. So we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your incarnation. We thank you for, for your life, that you are a God who walks among us. And we are grateful for that. We thank you. We love you. And we ask for your, for your grace. And we ask all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Mary, help the Christians. Pray for us. St. John Bosco. Pray for us. St. Mary Mazzarella. Pray for us. Amen. Bye, everybody. Bye. See you next episode. I will. Peace.